Well, we've spent the, all Sundays in March talking about the unforgettable week, the last week of Jesus, the greatest week in history. And today it's Sunday. What a glorious day. We celebrate this Easter, the resurrection of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was crucified on a cross on a Friday. We call it Great Friday. He laid in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day, he overcame death and became our eternal intercessor with God the Father. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24, as I've put in your notes, every Sunday is about the celebration of life. Easter Sunday is about the celebration of life. The resurrected life of Jesus and the resurrection life for you. Now, the resurrection literally changed the course of history. Literally made all the difference in eternity for you and for me. For on that Sunday morning, something supernatural happened, something spiritual happened, and something significant happened that will never be repeated. It will never be outdone. And it will never lose its power. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He died, but he rose again. That's what separates us from every other religion in the world. Our Savior died, but then conquered the death for all of us. So, I want you to look with me at verse uh, 1 of chapter 24. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now, because of the, of the, of the festival day and the Sabbath, they could not do anything for the body of Jesus. He was taken to the cross, put directly in a barred tomb, and, and no one got to prepare him for his burial. And these women were coming to show their respect and to honor him and to do what was customary. And, and so they had probably anticipated how were they going to do this. I'm sure they discussed on the way. They were discussing what they might do or what they could do. And uh, it was a sad moment. They were going to anoint a dead man. It was a very sad moment. Uh, they weren't really excited about going there. They expected to see his body. I'm sure there were despair and discouragement as they made that journey. They were wondering how we could do this, and they saw the stone was gone. And they're going, this is pretty amazing. Now, they begin to look in. Look, let's look further. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, bewildered, amazed, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. And the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Wow, that's what everybody's been singing about this morning. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you? He told you about these things. And then they remembered that he said he would be crucified, betrayed, and die, on the third, uh, die and rise again on the third day. And they remembered that he had said all these things. 
So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else they ran in contact with. They told them what had happened. Because something was happening that day at the tomb. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. Now, I want you to get the first thing today. The great exclamation, he isn't here, he is risen from the dead, is the personal testimony of all who follow Christ. That's what makes us Christian to come to the point that we receive what he did on the cross for our sins, that his blood covered the debt we owed God and our lack of perfection, and then he died for us, and to validate the sacrifice was good, he arose from the grave the third day. And our testimony is in a living Savior, not in a historical martyr. And so in doing this, the first testimony we see coming is Mary. The Mary Magdalene and the Marys and the ladies are saying, man, he's risen from the dead. They're telling people, he's alive, he's alive, hallelujah, he's alive. Now, that's significant because they went to the disciples and uh, they told the disciples... And the disciples didn't believe them. They said it sounds like nonsense. Now, I want you to get this. The the neat thing about what God did here and what Jesus did, the first people to announce his resurrection and to really believe were the ladies. In their culture, in their customary lifestyle, the women had no weight in testimony. As a matter of fact, their testimony didn't count in court. If they said, I saw somebody steal something, they're going, that's just a woman that don't matter. And here, Jesus sends the first people with a message of the resurrection. He sends it by women. I think it's awesome. And when the ladies heard it, processed it, they begin to share the story that he's alive. He did everything he said he would do. He's alive. Now, they've gone to the disciples, and the disciples have heard it, and they don't believe them. They say it's nonsense. Now, here's the thing. It's amazing. The women embraced it, got a hold of it. They're excited about it. They're confident in it. They know he's alive. The disciples are going, we don't think so. We just don't believe it. Ah, we don't believe it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Here's where you realize we men can be slow learners. They're hearing, and actually in the Bible, if two people, as witnesses testify the same thing, it's to be considered true. And all these women are saying, it's true, it's true, it's true. And they're going, oh, I don't think so. You're going, all right. And they're looking at one another, okay. And then Peter, but Peter can't stand, he's going, Maybe it is true. I hope it's true. Wouldn't it be great if it was true? I hope it's true. I wish it could be true. So he jumps up and takes running to the tomb. Still not believing. And I guess, guys, they're going to follow Peter. He's a leader. And they're going, let's see what's going on. And we got to see for ourselves. Well, they get in the tomb. And look at this. Look at this. Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb. Looked in, stooping, he pierced, he, he kind of peeked in and saw the empty linen wrappings, and then he went home again, wondering what happened. Slow learner. Man, I don't know what's happening. I don't know how to explain this. The disciples are going, we don't know. We think something's happened, but we don't know. 
But the women got it. They're telling everybody. And that's beginning to be a rumble. And Jesus during this time has, has joined up with two people on the road to Emmaus. And he's listening to them talk. And he's hearing, and they're sad and they're brokenhearted because they've been followers of Jesus. And he says, what's happened? And they kind of said, where are you being? What do you mean what's happened? Don't you know what's happened in Jerusalem, man? They crucified Jesus. What do you mean what happened? And they begin to tell the story. And then he began to quote scripture. And then he revealed himself when they began to break bread. And they realized who he was. And they said, didn't our hearts burn within us? So they went back and they were telling the disciples. Why are they telling the disciples? Let me tell you the rest of the story. In verse 35, the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking down the road and how they had recognized him as he broke bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. I'm telling you, slow learners. They're going, okay, this can't be. What is this? And finally, Jesus said, look, just touch me. Here's my hands. Here's my feet. Handle my body. You can't touch a ghost. You know, ghosts, ghosts, you can't, ghosts don't have bodily form. And look, I'm telling you, look at this. After he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then they said, man, this would be great if it's true. I don't mean to be, I hope it's true. It'd be outstanding if this is for the real deal. And he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of fish. He ate the fish. He's going, do you get it? I'm alive. A bodily resurrection incidentally. Not a spirit resurrection, a bodily resurrection. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it is written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses to these things. Now, I talked about personal testimony. Listen to me. Mary had a testimony. All the Marys had a testimony. Let me tell you, he's alive. He's alive. Man, he's alive. Our sins are forgiven. He's done what he said he would do. He'll always do what he said he's done. He's alive. And then Peter joins up, and now he is preaching that he's alive at the sermon at Pentecost. He stands before thousands and says, I want to tell you, the one you crucified, death couldn't hold him. He's alive. And they say, what must we do to be saved? And then Paul is convinced of the resurrection of Christ. He met him on the road to Damascus and then had a, a vision later on after his calling. And he's going, I, I know, had he not risen from the dead, we would, we would still be dead in our sins. But he is alive. And he has conquered death. And it has no sting. And the grave has no grip. Because of the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ who conquered death. Testimonies are powerful. Let me ask, what's your testimony? What's your testimony? Do you have a testimony when you've trusted Christ and given him your heart? And you know he's alive not because of historical fact, because of a personal reality in your life. 
because he lives in you. I want to share one more testimony with you. This is Steve's testimony. I want you to listen to it. I've been struggling for the, with this a long time. Um, I talked to my wife, Susan, and, um, and um, she says, you just need to go see Tim or <laughs> Eric or somebody. But uh, I've known the Lord for a long time, but something just was not right in me, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And um, the other night, after hearing Tim's sermon last uh, Sunday, I thought, he's talking to me. He don't realize it, but he's, he is talking to me. So I go home, and that night I go to bed, and I sit there, and I think about it and think about it. And I don't really say nothing to Susan about it, but Wednesday before I come to uh, rehearsal, I said, I got to talk to somebody. She says, okay. So when I get here, I couldn't hold myself. I told Kevin, I said, Kevin, me and you got to talk. And um, he said, okay. And his eyes flew open. And um, we sat over here that night. And I told him, I said, you know, I said, I know I've been baptized. But I don't know what's wrong in here. I can't figure it out. And uh, we talked for a little while. And he looks at me and says, so you remember being baptized? I said, yeah. He said, do you remember the moment that you were saved? <laughs> and that's when it hit me. That's where the problem lied all this time. Is I knew I'd been baptized, but I couldn't remember that moment the Lord took me. So we sat and prayed, and here I am today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, with one of my best friends, and uh, we, we had a great time last week, and he just prayed the most beautiful prayer of asking Jesus to come into his heart, and uh, we are here today to baptize him, just to, to show a picture of the beauty and the beautiful way God comes in and cleanses us forever and ever. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you and honor you today. Thank you for coming uh, thank you for sending your son Jesus to this earth. We celebrate today. We celebrate what we celebrate every single day. And that is coming out of that grave. Making it a way for us to have a, a relationship with the Almighty. And it is today that we get to baptize our dear brother in Christ. Steve Litton. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Testimonies. What's your testimony? If you don't have one, you don't have one. And that's a tragedy. Because without that testimony of your relationship with Christ that you entered into, a defining moment when you said yes to him, you surrendered to him, you don't have a living hope. The last thing I want to share with you is the glorious expectation is the living hope of life with Jesus here and forever. It's what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. All praise to God. We've been doing that all morning. All praise to God. 
the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is by His great mercy that we have been born again because because we go to church every Sunday, we're born again because we're a good Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or Presbyterian or Episcopalian or whatever. Or because we try harder than most, we're better than most. No, that's not why you're born again. You're born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and now we live with great expectation. You're born again because you received what Jesus Christ did on the cross for your sin. It's a personal thing. It can't be passed down from parent to child or from spouse to spouse. It requires that you come to deal with the fact that Jesus died on the cross for you. And you realize you're a sinner in need of salvation. That you're hopeless without him. That you're destined for a devil's hell without him. And you can never go to heaven without him. That's the truth. The hope of forgiveness is in Jesus Christ and his resurrection and his death on the cross. It's our living hope. Some people say, I wish I could start over. I wish I could do things different. I wish I had a different life. Guess what? When you get born again, you get all that. Every bit of that. You get a new ending because of a new beginning. And because you have a hope of forgiveness and your sins can be, because God can't let sin in heaven. He's got to do something with your sin. That's why Jesus died on the cross. But then Jesus rose from the grave to say, what I've done is effective and validated. It's it's good enough. There'll be nothing else ever like what happened 2,000 years ago. There'll not be another crucifixion and resurrection. It won't be repeated. It won't be outdone. What have you done with that opportunity? And the other thing is you have the hope of forever with God in heaven. He's prepared a place for you. He wants to spend forever with you. And what it requires is an act of faith to trust in what he said about what Jesus did and what he wants to do in you. It's a simple faith. But I'm well aware it's not easy. So I want you to know there's a glorious expectation that Jesus will do what he said he will do. He said he would rise from the grave. And he said, because I've risen from the grave, I will take you to heaven. And let's, guys, let me tell you, every one of us, every one of us, every one of us has a date with death. Hear me? Young or old. Death's no respecter of persons. But for the believer, it's just a doorway. And all God's promised. I, I'll share this story with you. It's uh, about uh, my two youngest daughters. The Lord reminded me of this this week when I was preparing the message. I, they were up early. They were in a kind of a, a, a boot camp thing. for. The, uh, they were going to KSU, and they were doing something for school. And, and uh, it was a co-ed group of, of young men and women. And, and, and the, uh, they'd gotten up like, like five. They got there at five o'clock to, to, to do their stuff. And it was a day of testing, and they were having to do some things. They had to run two miles. Now, it's, it's early, and it's dark, and it's cold, but they got to run two miles. And... Uh, one of, the, one of my daughters is a lot like me. I mean, she's there to win. And, uh, and my, my other daughter is like Charlene. She's just glad to be there. So, but they're there, and they're, they're going to run this. And, and of course, uh, the daughter like me takes off, and, and she's running. And, actually, she's running with the guys. She's actually beating most of the guys. Uh, I didn't realize she was trying to run down her future husband back then, but that's what she was doing. And, uh, but... Uh, uh, 
she's, they, they finished, okay? And, and uh, my other daughter and her buddy, they're back there just kind of making sure nobody's left behind. And so they're kind of, they're conserving energy. And so they're not finished, and it's, and it's been a while. Uh, and it's still even, it's dark, almost lights breaking. But they see a figure coming, the shadow of a figure coming. And uh, one of the, the girl says to my daughter, well, we're probably in trouble now. They're sending somebody to get us because we've been so slow. And, and uh, my daughter says, no, that's my sister coming to get me. She says, how do you know you can't see who it is? She says, oh, I know who it is. She says, how do you know? Because I know my sister. She's coming to get me. And her sister did come get her and finished running again the course with her and got her to the finish line, encouraged her. Guys, I want to tell you, I know Jesus. I know him. He's in here. And one day he's going to come for me. And the good news in all this is that there's a Sunday coming for every follower of Christ. There's a Sunday coming for us. Going to be all right. Are you ready? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt there's a Sunday coming for you? Because if you don't know Christ, you ain't got a Sunday coming. You got a bad Friday. That'll never change.